section number two of the black cat volume two number three december eighteen ninety six this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org read by linda Marie nielsen vancouver b c the black cat volume two number three december eighteen ninety six section two a modern de pompadour by jeanie bulliard waterbury it was the night of the mid-lent ball at the opera and victor was in his element he stood with pin-cushiony legs wide apart his fat little stomach punch-like hanging down between and his shrewd little head cocked on one side like a wise canary pierre was bustling about preparing hot pinions sending off boxes containing miraculous wigs in every style known and unknown to the modern coiffure and all the gas jets were aflame and the little stove was throwing out heat enough for a shop twice the size there was an odor of expectancy in the air she'll arrive stated victor at eleven o'clock less the quarter that is the hour she always arrives she will drive up in a coupe and the maid will enter like a whirlwind and ask if everything is ready and then she will fly back to the coupe and assist madame to descend and madame will enter slowly done up in furs and chiffon scented with my latest perfume odiferous of violette de parme she will seat herself in that chair pointing to a fatule in front of the largest mirror and there she will consult with me as to the latest creation you know i live the whole year but for this moment the moment when i reveal to my best client the result of my labors the sum total of my genius for invention invention of a novel scent or a chic coiffure seizure of a fad out of which to assume my opportunity do you remember and here victor threw back his chin which years had creased into a chubby apology of its original dimpled contour into a little fat pocket of flesh which meant nothing so much as a surplus of adipose tissue do you remember the year when the empress grew weary of worth and sent him back his latest creation fashioned from the depths of his tortured nerves to suit her whims how she returned the whole costume and all its appurtenances in a carton snipped to pieces with her majesty's scissors that day 
shall I ever forget it? I designed a coiffure about which the whole of Paris was talking in a week, a coiffure of la imperatrice. It was made of little pieces of ribbon and flowers, and a poof of brocade, and a feather, and a pom-pom, and out from under it looked the empress's titian-colored hair and almond-shaped eyes and beautiful lips it takes real genius thus to seize the talk of the town and apply it to one's art humph returned pierre who was setting out the alcohol lamp and giving a whiff with a new evaporator of violet de parme to the already overcharged air and polishing the handles of the curling tongs with the end of his alpaca coat tail humph i remember how one of the empress's lackeys came here in post haste and signified in a rage that if you did not withdraw your nefarious invention you would be clapped into la roquette before nightfall softly softly retorted victor with a roguish twinkle in his eyes and a nest of wrinkles running off into his hair along by the temples as his whole physiognomy beamed with self-satisfaction tut tut merely talk why i advertised her majesty's whims and i augmented worth's fame and i put thirty thousand francs in my pocket i should have been unwise indeed to desire more madame his radiant visage had suddenly altered from fatuous self-consciousness to obsequious interrogation the bell of his door had rung violently and a discreet-looking maid stood in the little doorway of his shop ready she demanded briefly at madame's orders shall we be alone she particularly demands tonight that we shall be undisturbed for an hour at madame's service victor was bowing almost to the ground pierre likewise the maid vanished to reappear almost instantly with a bundle of fur and lace which leaned wearily upon her arm when the bundle arrived at the fatule which was drawn up in front of the mirror under the light of the flaring gas the figure revealed itself as a woman of about thirty-five years of age with a pale beautiful face and dressed in the height of fashion peculiarly her own she was without doubt an individuality mistress to a supreme degree of that air of being somebody which is so often sought for and so seldom attained well she said preparing to loosen the strings of her hood she wore a puff of pink silk on her head with a fall of lace almost covering her face and a bunch of lace and violets gathering 
its fullness into a puffing in front and again in the back of the neck what do you propose for me tonight mon ami victor puffed he commenced to remove his towels from the heater where they had been lying and to pull out the drawers of the table at which his client was seated his face was beaming with good nature and gratified pride his little fat hands began to gesticulate violently if madame will leave to me the entire arrangement he begged almost in a whisper i will promise to outdo any costume at tonight's ball i place myself at your disposition entirely entirely i promise cried victor to conquer in this night not only my adversaries but my followers in future generations with such a gift as madame's confidence as madame's elegance as madame's beauty with which to frame my talent i am a man inspired i feel within me a pulse so big a soul so earnest that my art seems more a religion than an art a religion which acknowledges me as its prophet he loosened his client's hood hung it on a peg on the wall divested her of her long cloak of cream-colored satin lined with ermine and stood before her in an ecstasy of contemplation the woman sat listening to him silently a little half-smile lurked in her eyes and about her painted lips she sat reposefully waiting expectantly amused right royally amused all her weariness had fallen from her with her outdoor garments she was evidently studying victor delightfully and acknowledged him in her heart something worth looking at what do you propose you must go to the ball tonight as the pompadour costume louis the fifteenth the same why the pompadour ah there is where my art is so different from the art of my rivals that is why and wherefore you will be famous tomorrow know then madame that an illustrious journalist is tearing down in a record of the empire our preconceived theories as to the pompadour he claims she was not beautiful in some he claims for her everything which is ugly we parisians we love the beautiful it is our god in women in art in emotion we claim the right to hold on to it i claim that right victor's figure swelled fit to burst he drew a dingy pocket handkerchief from the pocket of his velvet coat and wiped his eyes they were swimming in tears i can say nothing madame 
to this famous man who has earned the right to say his say through his newspapers and has chosen to send the beautiful de pompadour down to prosperity as a monster i can say nothing i can write nothing who would listen to the protest of a coiffeur i can only read and wring my hands at the descreation of a woman like you who lent to her century as you have to yours your grace and charm to the unveiling of truth my protest therefore shall be silent but none of the less forcible you shall be my protest you shall bid the cavaliers at past imperial glories bow down before the grace of a day that is dead a day when women considered the poor coiffure their saving means of grace de pompadour madame was one of these you shall be my exponent after her he stopped exhausted he mopped his face its pores were excuding great drops of perspiration but with all my heart but you are admirable mon petit victor but you plead for your cause like a general pleading for his army i am yours make me de pompadour beautiful young adored we will play into one another's hands if you will what an artist you are but what an artist if you could only have lived in the time of the louis you would have been esteemed at your just valuation begin victor quickly unknotted her mass of magnificent hair and brushed it scientifically while forth from his lips poured a rushing river of his hopes and fears and past doings and present hopings it is not all for art he confessed a little shamefacedly but for fame i am growing old oh madame knows it as his client made a little rebellious movement with her head my day threatens to pass i must make my best effort to-night to brush away the dust of ages by piling up the flowers of memory for a powerful rival stands in my way a woman in my profession if madame will believe it she has installed herself on the boulevard hosman just around the corner and there in a shop ten times as big as mine she emulates me she places in her window heads of a marvelous a construction as mine she is rapidly absorbing my clientele who have tired of my small quarters and think of me out of date but there is only one victor there was an indistinct murmur from his client which signified she was endeavoring to answer from under her mass of hair but how could there be two such victor stopped just long enough to pretend to deny the soft impeachment and then continued more and more 
animatedly. Will you believe, he said vivaciously, that she said to a friend of mine, she was guilty of confessing to a friend of mine, that she wished to steal my methods as well as my arts. Can one imagine any greater or profound perfidy? It would be difficult from under the masses of hair. Then, as he rolled it off her face, she looked straight at him in the glass ahead of her, and he caught the reflection of her eyes as his practiced hand prepared to construct her coiffure after an old print a la Louis fifteenth. What is her name? Stephanie. She calls herself Stephanie. Do you know her? I have never seen her. Ah, my poor Victor. There was a long pause. The lovely client was divested of her dress and laced up in a brocade as emulative of past grandeurs as the wonderful construction of flowers and feathers on her head. She was a radiant vision. Three little black patches set off the dazzling whiteness of her skin. There was even a tiny patch between the creamy fairness of her dimpled shoulders. There were mitts for her dainty hands, sparkling with magnificent rings, and when finished she was the exact image of de pompadour the enchantress de pompadour the young de pompadour the all-powerful who gained political distinction through personal charm and made a slave of a man and a tool of her king over this enchanting vision was finally fastened a loop one of those tiny masks which hide the nose and forehead. A rich fall of lace covered the cleft chin. In one corner, over the temple, was embroidered a monogram. A final spray of violette de parme a la victor was added from the evaporator as a finishing touch and assuming the aforesaid hood and the white satin cloak the new de pompadour called for her maid bonsoir madame the greatest success will be yours vouchsafe to me but a word to tell me of your triumphs your triumphs will be mine why not witness it since you are a party to it came from behind the mask don one of your dominoes of which you provide so many for your clients and come to the opera and witness me take the prize victor hesitated the heat he said and then the crowd i should be unable to find madame as you will the door closed and she was gone quick cried victor to pierre quick my domino i will discover my client's identity tonight or die in the attempt the facade of the opera house was lit up brilliantly with fringes of light three mounted policemen stood guard the rue 
Halevi was a congested river of cabs and private carriages. The boulevards were light and bright as electricity could make them, and a pushing crowd, costumed and uncostumed, dominoed and masked, bewhiskered and befrilled, surged up and down the steps of the National Academy of Music, turned this night into a palace of pleasure where all who paid or danced or jollified might read, enjoy, and digest. As Victor scrambled up the steps, as fast as his fat legs could carry him, the band of the Republican Guard stationed at the first marble balcony to the right of the marble staircase burst forth with the intoxicating syncopated measure of the habanera dominoes pink and blue and green and yellow and orange swung in a whirl of kaleidoscopic color across the polished floor of the foyer around into the buffet and up and down the staircase which threw out into greater prominence from its background of purity and immaculate perfection of outline and substance the lilting tilting throng who intoxicated with themselves and each other tossed and heaved in a billow of light under the dazzling rays of the electric light in the ballroom a gigantic maypole was erected and hundreds of men and women attired as shepherds and shepherdesses tied and untied and twisted in and out above and under the tricolored ribbons which hung from the top of the pole a queen of the may who bore the trace of more winters than summers reclined in a chair fashioned like a big primrose and daffy down dillies danced about her in hundreds and lilies of the valley stood bunched as her maids of honor the air was used up and stifling victor searched the entire building before he discovered his creation she stood behind a pillar in the vestibule chatting with a number of masks the de pompadour costume was a great success victor heard praises bestowed upon it right and left until his overcharged heart was fit to burst the satire it contained the seizure of the topic of the hour upon which to embroider his victor's identity however was not remarked as universally or as conspicuously as victor desired he determined to make it even more marked by a ruse three masts stood under a bunch of lights pink globed and casting about that quarter of the corridor a rosy hue victor addressed them hello my comrades that de pompadour yonder would you know the why and the wherefore of her costume his voice was so gay so noisy so full of an audacious design to commit the crime of a revelation that the maskers turned towards him as one man and eagerly demanded its continuance 
they moved in his direction and in an instant he was surrounded Adansus, clad as a black butterfly leaned her elbow on his shoulder tapping his chin daringly bade him continue a folly jumped up and down with glee and clapped her hands joyfully and cried here here some fun at last until every point of her costume jingled as though with expectant glee a clown sprang up on the shoulders of a passing domino and flourishing his conical shaped hat between his finger and thumb announced in stentorian tones mesdames et messieurs listen to the great speech of the unknown subject the pompadour victor stepped forward he made up his mind his hour had come fired with resolve he determined to become famous my friends he began the de pompadour one of our goddesses one of our historical goddesses has recently been assailed in the columns of one of our leading journals the writer of this article has denied her once famous beauty i propose tonight to reaffirm it the pompadour assumed at one time the empire over crowned hearts that lady and he pointed to the now conspicuous figure of his client from whom her companions had fallen away as though for the first time remarking her wonderfully beautiful costume instead of solely her brilliant sallies that lady has been chosen to fill this role because of her grace her elegance her charm she fills it but she is better than the original finer fairer i ask of you could there be anything more ravishing than that coiffure than that regal air of hers would the republic were an empire again if only to make her its queen i vote cried the clown who had been struggling for utterance all through this rather exalted discourse i vote we lift her in our arms and bear her to the gallery above as evidence that we have revolted at the aspirations cast to windward in regard to her beauty there we will enthrone her as she deserves upon a throne formed of our shoulders and hands and thus call into play our energies and signify our willingness to place ourselves in evidence as her slaves and then the tossing heaving laughing frolicking crowd descended upon the luckless de pompadour and in spite of her protests carried her more or less roughly to the gallery above where on a throne formed of kneeling parrots with a grouping of the lilies of the valley behind her and butterflies hovering about her in the figures of the danseuses who clambered up the marble pillars in order to gaze upon the radiant figure in the midst 
she was crowned the queen of the mid-lent night victor's joy knew no bounds from domino to domino he flew gesticulating violently explaining vociferously arguing noisily and indicating with his fat stubby forefinger his idol who up there at the point of vantage above the marvelous marble staircase held her little court until seven o'clock next morning in the gray dawn victor took her home his head was whirling his limbs felt like sodden lumps of lifeless muscle his eyes burned furiously but for the five hundredth time in his career his heart had passed out of his keeping this time into the hands of the pompadour who never once had lifted her mask in spite of all his pleadings and the pleadings of her comrades the carriage drew up finally the course was very short victor half asleep looked up as he assisted his companion to alight and there before him as in a dream he perceived his own neighborhood the butcher who sold high-priced game on high-priced corner the laundress next door and there was the shop of his rival stephanie the great show windows were covered by iron shutters for the night to be sure but dancing above them in gilt letters on black ground he read stephanie coiffure a la mode where are we he ejaculated choking the pompadour laid her hand upon his arm but enter she said in the sweet voice he so well remembered my shop is yours mon petit victor you have bought me tonight a fame so great a content so absolute that i wish to thank you for it bewildered unable to comprehend it all he gazed around him at the counters heaped with magnificent shell and rhinestone pins at the mirrors lining the walls at the long rows cases containing cut glass bottles of every color and every scent extent at the heavy velvet carpet and finally at his adversary who unmasked stood repentantly before him her hand clasped together and raised in pathetic appeal i concluded she explained in the silvery voice he knew as well i concluded that you were the greatest artist in your line i knew whereas before i conceded your ability i had not conceded your originality you conquered me why not mon petit victor consolidate our interest and make together the house of houses for the coiffure we will fashion wigs we will create dyes we will lose upon the public eternal youth elixirs of life the world will come to us for our secrets we will hang upon the peg 
of its weakness our united strength. We will call this the Maison Stephanie Victor. We will suppress the little shop in the Chaussee d'Antin and start a new one out of the magnificence of your genius and my talent. Victor stood regarding his adversary with blazing eyes. He had found his ideal, a woman who understood him, who could help him drag his dreams out of chaos into light. I have it, he shouted rapturously, with a vigorous thump on a neighboring counter with his fat fist. I have it. You shall be Madame Victor. Agreed. And that is the reason that the little shop on the Chaussee de Antin is no more, and that the Maison Stephanie Victor makes a specialty on its self-advertising cards of a Cupid who, with a pair of ass's ears perched upon his curly head and the black domino over his naked dimpled arm, stands daringly confronting a tiny figure dressed as de pompadour who has drawn back in simulated rage in order to better stab him with a jeweled hairpin she carries in one little mittened hand end of section two